What's up, what's up, Illini Nation? Ricky Widmer here, and I am back for episode two of Locked On Illini right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're coming back for episode two, welcome back in. If you're new, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show that I have for you guys today. And as always, thank you guys for spending a little bit of your day letting me talk to you about the great team. I'm going to say great team that we all love to follow in the Illinois Fighting Illini. Wanted to do something a little a little different, I want to say, for this podcast. Because as I mentioned yesterday, we got a weird week this week. Off week for football. Basketball doesn't have their first game until Monday. So I probably won't get into the specifics on that until Thursday or Friday. I kind of wanted to take yesterday. I looked at the football team. Today, I want to do all Illinois basketball. And I've been kind of thinking about what I wanted to call this. And I think I'm going to end up just calling it just three bold predictions that I have for the entire season for Illinois basketball. Kind of like three bold early season predictions that I have for Illinois basketball this season. But before I get into everything, I got to say, if you have not already, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Illini. That's where you're going to be able to see all my tweets while I'm watching games. You're also going to get the podcast there if that's where you would like to get notified um, about the podcast being posted on Megaphone, iTunes, Google Play, um, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. And then also make sure to send an email if you got any questions to lockedonalini at gmail.com. You can also send me a tweet for this, but next week I want to get the mailbag going either Tuesday or Thursday. So if you have any questions, either Illinois football, Illinois basketball, send me your questions either at lockedonalini on Twitter or lockedonalini at gmail.com. I'm going to get that going next Tuesday or next Wednesday of obviously next week. But let's get into these bold predictions. I got three of them for you today. And the first one has to do with our sensational freshman center, Kofi Coburn, who so far through two games is averaging 14 points, 10.7 rebounds. You heard that correct. He is averaging a double-double per game playing 23 or 27.3 minutes per game. And This first prediction, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Kofi Coburn is going to be, whether you want to call it rookie of the year, whether you want to call it newcomer of the year, whether you are like myself and want to call it the freshman of the year. No, he ain't going to be the national freshman of the year. He's going to be the Big Ten freshman of the year this season because I was kind of looking and just for, I'm going to look at this in two parts. Number one. What does a player need to do in order to be Big Ten Freshman of the Year? First off, I went and said, when's the last centers that have won this award? And since 19, I want to say it was 1989. Yeah, since 1989. So right before the 90s started, there have only been two centers that have won Big Ten Freshman of the Year. The first one that I have in this time span, basically 1988-1989 is where I'm starting this. You had Eric Anderson from, I want to say that was Indiana before my time. I was born in 1990. So um, 
some of the guys, fans that are older than me in the Big Ten can correct me if I'm wrong, but Eric Anderson, center for the Hoosiers, I believe, he put up a stat line of 11.9, 6.1. He had not even a half assist a game, 0.3, but he's a big man. Big men aren't known for their assists. One block a game, shot about 54% from the field and 72% from the line. The only other center to win the award was Greg Oden in 2006-2007. He averaged 15.7 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, just under. He averaged .7 assists, which is what Kofi is averaging through two games. He had an astonishing 3.3 blocks per game and then shot the ball at a 61% clip and then from the free throw line was a 62, almost 63% shooter from the line. All the rest of the guys that I have pulled up here, I pulled up the last few winners, the last five winners, like is Iggy Brzdikas from Michigan, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State. You got Miles Bridges, another Michigan State alum, Ethan Happ, Wisconsin, D'Angelo Russell, Ohio State. And the one thing you notice is, There are a lot of backcourt guys or a lot of forwards who are playing the three position. And the thing that I noticed is when it came to scoring, you got to have double digits per game. That's the one thing that's across the board. But like you can score 10 points per game, almost nine points per game and still win the award. You had Jaron Jackson Jr. in 2017-2018 only averaged 10.9 points per game, but hauled in almost six boards. He was at 5.8 boards per game and he was blocking three shots per game and that's the thing I wonder with Kofi because as I read his stat line one more time for you guys 14 points and this is through three games 14 points 10.7 boards 0.7 assists just under one assist a game he's blocking 1.3 shots field goal percentage he's shooting 60 percent from the field and foul shots he's at 52 percent from the stripe the thing that I wonder with Kofi is, is it going to be that block number that he kind of sits at? Where is that the thing that's going to bring him out? Because the thing I looked at SI.com at the beginning of the year, they kind of had their predictions and they've got DJ Carlton from Ohio State was their pick to be newcomer of the year. And this is Molly, Molly Geary. Um, I'll put a name on it at SI wrote this article for their Big Ten preview she put DJ Carlton, Carlton, I think it is, Carton. No, there's no L, Carton. DJ Carton as the newcomer of the year, freshman of the year. And so far, you kind of look at the, the main guys for this award are obviously Kofi. Then you got Rocket Watts from Michigan State. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, TJD is what I'm going to call him this year. And then DJ Carton from Ohio State. Obviously, Jackson Davis from Indiana And right now, Kofi is scoring more points than these guys. He's got more rebounds per game than these guys. The only one that comes close is TJD, who's got 8 compared to Kofi's 10.7. And then they have more assists because most of them are backcourt guys. And blocks, I mean, you've got, yet again, Jackson Davis, who is averaging 3 blocks per game. And I wonder if that is going to be the thing that keeps Kofi from winning this. However, I kind of have a hard time. If you're averaging a double-double through the entire season, like 
I looked at all the guys that I have, the, the last five guys, and then I had the two centers pulled up. None of them averaged a double-double. Even the guards weren't averaging a double-double in points or assists. So to me, that's bold prediction number one for me. Kofi is going to be the freshman of the year. He's only going to get better as this season goes on, and he's only at 1.3 blocks. He may up that number to about two at the least this season. So I've got Kofi as the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, averaging a double-double right now. And that's going to be bold prediction number one. We're going to take a short break here on the podcast, but when I come back, bold prediction number two, I am highlighting another player on this Fighting Illini basketball team. So don't go anywhere. More Illini coverage right here on Lockdown Illini. But let's move right along into my second bold prediction for the Fighting Illini this year on the hardwood for basketball. And I almost left this one for last because there's a part of my mind that thinks out of all three of these predictions, this is probably the one that has the lowest percent or lowest percentile, I'll say, to come true. But I still believe that it has a good shot of happening. So I decided, hey, let's get the two player ones out of the way. The last one has to do with the team as a whole. So I will end on that note. And Bold prediction number two, Ayo DeSumo, when we get to the NBA draft this upcoming June, he will be a lottery pick for the Illinois Fighting Illini. And there's part of me that wanted to even go one step further and say that he'd be a top 10 pick. But that was me kind of thinking, am I going too hot takey there? If I say, oh, Ayo DeSumo is going to be a top 10 guy because you look at most of the draft boards that are out there. And I'm using for this podcast just to keep it concise and have the one kind of source material, I'm using tankathon.com. That's where I go for most of my kind of draft needs and kind of the stats and everything. And on their big board, Tankathon has AO at the 33rd ranked prospect, the very last prospect on their big board. However... If you go to their mock draft, their mock draft currently has AO sitting at 28 going to the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's a part of me that goes, AO can do enough this season to become a top 15 pick. Because to be a lottery team, you got to be in the top 15. I think AO has enough to be one of the better half first round players in this draft. Because, I mean, you look at everyone right now. In this second half, I think AO's better than Charles Bassey. I think he's better than Trey Jones. I think he, like, Khalil Whitney is where it's like, okay, we get some debate there. Jalen Smith also will get to see AO and Jalen Smith go head-to-head this year. And then at 14 is where you start getting the names, like Josh Green, who we saw at Arizona. Nico Mannion, who we saw at Arizona. Jalen McDaniels, Tyrese Maxey. Theo Maladon overseas from France. So, I mean, there's a part of me that feels like AO can do enough to be a top-end first-round pick and be a lottery pick this year. And there's a couple things that I wanted to hit on with this. Is First, AO, what's he doing right now through three games? He's got 15 points per game. He's averaging 33.7 minutes. He is playing a ton of minutes right now for the Illini, and he's averaging 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. 
just under one steal per game. He's got 0.7 right now steals per contest, and he's shooting the ball at a 47% clip from the field overall, 30% from three, making basically one one of every three shots is what he's averaging right now, and he's shooting 72% from the line. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, let's go back into the history books for the Illini and did we have any lottery picks in the future and are in the past, I should say. And we actually did Myers Leonard, who's currently right now playing for the Portland. Or he was drafted by Portland. Now he's playing with the Miami heat. He was taken 11th overall in the 2012 NBA draft. And then we also had Darren Williams. We all love him from that tournament team that should have won the NCAA championship, but fell short to North Carolina and just bringing that up kind of puts me in a bad mood, but Hey, just think back. We beat Michigan state this week and that's still a good feeling makes me smile. So it puts me back in a good mood. Darren Williams was a top three pick in his draft in the 2005 um, NBA draft. And of course, stats aren't the main thing that goes into it. Cause like you look at Darren Williams, of course he was a, third-year player when he came out. A.O. would only be a two-year player, but Darren Williams, actually, his stats kind of... I mean, he shot better his junior year, and he took a little fall in the three-point percentage, and he shot actually worse from the line junior year compared to sophomore year, but, like, points per game. They went down from 14 to 12.5. His assists stayed the same. His rebounds stayed the same. Really, the points went down because we had so many guys on that tournament team who could put the ball in the bucket. And then you look at Myers Leonard, who, like I said, was 11th in 2012, 13.6 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, shot about 58% of the, like 58% from the field, 73% from the line. But yet again, very different from AO because Myers Leonard, a big, Ao Dasumu a guard, and I think the one thing that Ao needs to do is he needs to stop early on. Needs to stop turning over the ball because right now the Illini want to push this fast pace. And one of the things I've noticed from Ao is his steal numbers are down. Like if he can bring back defensively what he was last year, if he can keep the assist numbers where he's at, because he actually has more assists right now than he had all of last year average wise the only thing is he's averaging almost double the amount of turnovers that he did last year through three games he was a 2.7 or 2.3 turnovers per game guy he's almost at four or he's actually at four even per game so far this year so i mean that's the big thing that i think if he can reel that in if he can get more I don't want to say more aggressive on the defensive side, but kind of channel the defense that we saw last year from AO. He's got more points. He's got more assists. He's shooting better from the field, both from two and eh, actually three point. He's shooting a little less, but he's averaging one less attempt than he did last year per game. But also it's only through three games. So this is going to be another one where AO develops. The whole reason why he came back to Illinois was because he didn't like his draft stock. All of us were all scared. Like, oh man, AO's going to go in the NBA draft. There's no way that AO DeSumo 
was going to come back if he was not going to try to shoot for that lottery pick. So I adamantly believe that Ayo DeSumo is going to do enough this year with the Illini, and especially if they have a big run in the Big Ten, and then especially if they go far in the tournament and we see, like, that's another big thing that you got to think about with these teams that our players were drafted by where you take a look and you see Darren Williams. His team had a really, like, that was a special team, but you got to look at it and go, hey, that team that we had that year, they made a deep tournament run and they were able to go that far in that tournament. And then Myers Leonard was more of the interesting case because the year before he came out in the draft, we didn't go to the NCAA tournament that year. We only, his last game was against Iowa in the Big Ten tournament, but we went to the tournament that first game and he did play all 33 game or all 33 games his freshman year only started one but he was only averaging 8 point minutes a game so it's like really the tournament thing it's like for Myers Leonard he was able to go top 11 in actually a pretty stacked draft because that was the draft that had Anthony Davis had Michael Kidd Gilchrist had Bradley Beal you had Dame in that draft Harrison Barnes in that draft Andre Drummond in that draft and he was still able Myers Leonard, that is, was able to go 11th, where Darren Williams, in my mind, a little bit of a weaker draft, I want to say. I mean, I was 13, 14, 15, when actually 15 when that draft happened, and you had what? Andrew Bogut was uh, playing at Utah, Marvin Williams, Chris Paul, um, who was really good at Wake Forest, but I don't think was the Chris Paul that we saw in the NBA, to where... You look at other guys like Charlie Villanueva, Channing Fry. Those top 10 picks are not like the ones we're seeing now. So, I mean, the only thing in my mind that I think holds Ayo Desumu back is if he can't differentiate himself from that top talent. And I'm not talking about the top 10 guys. I'm talking about those guys from 10 to 15. The Scotty Lewises, the Josh Greens, the Precious um, Archua from Memphis, the Isaiah Stewart's right now. If he can't differentiate himself from those guys, it ain't going to happen. But I think AO is a special talent. He'll be able to play up and be a lottery pick in the NBA draft this year. And before we move into our last break of the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That code again is LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. And welcome back into the podcast. Let's close things out with my final bold prediction for Illinois basketball this season. And this one has to do with the team. And it might catch a few people off guard. But my final bold prediction is that the Illinois Fighting Illini will finish top four. Top four in the Big Ten this season. And I know what some people are saying. Ricky, 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 hear me out here. You're talking about a team that only had four wins in conference two years ago when Brad Underwood took over. They only increased by three wins last year. So if that trend continues, they're a 10-win team in conference. Is that even going to be enough to be a top four team, which first off, you'd be surprised because 
Last year, Iowa finished 10 and 10 and was the sixth best team in the Big Ten. But I just, I look at this year, I look at A, the talent that we have, and B, I look at the Big Ten this year, and I think it's ours for the taking. And when I say that, I'm not going ludicrous mode and saying we're going to be the number one seed heading into the conference tournament, but I think we can be the fourth seed. I think we can definitely be the fourth seed because I look at the teams and I look at what's going on right now, and I know it's early. It's only three games. That's why these are kind of early predictions and they're bold predictions. But right now there's only four teams that I think are going to compete with the Illini. If the Illini even, I'm not going to say want to, because of course they want to, but if the Illini are going to be in the race for a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, there's only four teams I see vying for one of those spots along with them. First one's Michigan State. I honestly think they're going to be the best team in the conference. They're going to be the number one seed. They're going to be the one with the target on their back. So I feel like that's team number one. Team number two that I think is going to be very good this year. I don't know if they finish number two, but I'm just bringing them up number two is the the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are going to be really good. They got a refreshed backcourt this year. They're another team that could vie for one of those top four spots with the Illini. Number three are the Maryland Terrapins. Don't sleep on the Turtles this year. They've got some guys coming back there right now. Right now, they're number seventh in the, in the nation. I know, like, you're going to say, oh, well, Evansville beat Kentucky, so anything is possible. Rankings don't matter, but... They're another team I think that's going to be tough this year. And guess what? We got to play them twice this season. And then the only other team that I think is going to vie for one of those spots is, weirdly, I think Indiana is going to be a good team, a really good team in the Big Ten this year. I feel like the teams of, I'm going to call them the teams of yesteryear. Wisconsin's fallen off. Purdue is falling off. Northwestern's not there, but like even Michigan, Michigan and Jawan Howard. How are those games going to be different with Jawan Howard out there and not John Beeline? So, I mean, the teams, oh, and Iowa also. So, I mean, these teams, like you look at last year, Purdue was a 16-4 and team in conference. I don't think they're like that this year. They're going to take a step back. Michigan was 15-5. and I don't think they are the same caliber team that they were last year. They take a step back. Wisconsin, 14-6. and six. Yet again, I don't see them with that same record. I think they take a minor step back. And then you've got teams like, yes, the Terrapins, who were fifth last year. I think they'll move up into the top four. Um, Iowa, I think, is going to take a step back, especially after watching that DePaul game. I'm like, ooh, this year could be rough for the Hawkeyes. Obviously, the Buckeyes will move up. They were an eight-win team. Indiana, I think, will be better. But, like, there's not many teams outside of that top four. I feel like there's three spots from last year. Basically, everyone in the top four except for Michigan State is going to be out. And then it's just going to basically be three spots that are fight, that are being fought for between four teams, Ohio State, Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois. And I have a feeling that... Maryland's not going to get bumped from the top four. Ohio State's not going to get bumped from the top four. I feel like, if anything, it's going to come down to us or Indiana 
who gets that fourth spot. And I think the good and the bad with this, as you see our schedule, is Michigan State, we have to play twice. With them, I think, in a best-case situation, I think we split with them in a best-case situation. They win January 2nd in East Lansing. We get them February 11th in Champaign. So that's best-case scenario there. Maryland, I kind of want to say, is the same thing. The only thing that's interesting about Maryland is when we're in the heat of conference play, they come to our house. We play them at their house. It's our first Big Ten conference game, which we're usually not good in those first games of the conference slate before um, the calendar year turns over. However, we're coming off that game. We play Miami on the 2nd. It's a Monday. That next Saturday, we're going to Maryland to play the Terrapins, so that may be something. We actually get Maryland and Michigan before that conference schedule kind of flips over. But, I mean, outside of that, Indiana, we only play once. Ohio State, we only play once. The only teams that I don't want to say I'm afraid of but are the games that I'm circling are how do we do against Maryland? Can we split one? Can we split those games? Can we split Michigan State? And then what do we do against Michigan? Because if you look at the last two years, the top four teams, this is how their losses went down in 2017-2018. So going into the 2018 tournament, Michigan was number one. They were a two-loss team. Ohio State and Purdue, they were 2-3. They were a three-loss team. Michigan was four, but also Nebraska was tied with them. They were a five-loss team. So you got five losses that you're kind of accounted there for top four. Now, if you look at 2019, kind of the same thing. Michigan State and Purdue at the top, they both were 16-4. and four. Um, And then Michigan and Wisconsin were 15-5 and five for Michigan, 14-6 and six for Wisconsin. So... I'm kind of looking at the range I'm looking for the Illini is we can give up five, maybe six games this year. And the thing that I kind of, the games that I kind of circle as those games were like, okay, where are the six? Where are the six losses going to come? Even if we, let's say worst case scenario, we lose two against Michigan State. We lose two against Maryland. That's four right there. That means we can lose against Ohio State as long as we beat Indiana. And that's the game I'm really circling is that Indiana game. If we take care of business, I know it's a lot to take care of business, not getting upset. Um, the For some reason, those Michigan games, even though it's not John Beeline out there, I still get like flashbacks of Michigan playing us in recent years and those games not going well when I watch them on TV to where... If we can even steal one of those games, a Michigan State at home, a Maryland at home, um, later in the year when we play them on February 7th, that means if we lose to a Michigan, if we have a bad game and lose to a Purdue on the road, that ain't going to hurt us. So, I mean, the six losses, obviously, if I'm perfect scheduled, two to two to Maryland, two to Michigan State, um, one to Ohio State, that's five right there. Boom, it comes down to the Indiana game for who's going to get the top four spot. But we got to take care of business everywhere else. I feel like we can take care of business everywhere else this year. It's just 
are we going to do it? And how are we going to finish the rest of our conference slate? I see a lot of people are thinking we can go 10 and one, um, that we have 10 games left. I feel like a lot of people are thinking we could go 12 and one at the end of our conference slate, because the only big tough games that we play in conference or out of conference, I should say is Miami, but they're at home. And then Mizzou, how are we going to play against them in the bragging rights game? So, I mean, I think Illinois can do it. I think Illinois can be a top four team in the conference. So just to recap, four predictions or the three predictions I have for you guys. Kofi Coburn, he's going to be Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Ayo DeSumo is going to be a lottery pick in next year's NBA draft. Shed a tear because he won't be on the Illini anymore. And then this year, the Illini are going to finish top four in the Big Ten going into the Big Ten Conference Tournament. So that's going to do it for Episode 2 of Locked on Illini. Make sure, as I said, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on Illini. Also, make sure to send me any questions that you have either on Twitter at Locked on Illini or through Gmail, gmail.com. It's going to be Locked on Illini at gmail.com. It's not just gmail.com. Locked on Illini at gmail.com. Going to get that mailbag going next week so start sending in your early questions to be one of the ones that i feature in that episode but thank you guys for spending a little bit of your time again with me i will be back tomorrow talking more about our great team that we love to talk about the illinois fighting alani but that's going to do it for episode two everybody stay safe and as always have a good day everybody